I have been blessed to visit friends in Arizona several times and play golf there. Seems like a lot of my homilies come down to golf, but it is what it is. When you go down there, you see the strange phenomenon. Some people down there have very plush green lawns, and of course the fairways at the golf courses are nice and green. However, as soon as the property line ends, or as soon as you go off the fairway, it is desert. Now historically, deserts are harsh places. Not much grows in deserts. It's usually hard to find water. It usually gets really cold at night and really hot during the day. Deserts are not easy places to be. However, this is kind of where humanity's relationship with God was, in the desert. But in our first reading, Isaiah gives some hope that these days might end. Isaiah says that a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. Now Jesse is King David's father. Remember, King David is a huge figure in the Old Testament. King David did almost everything right. Now, I mean, there was a whole Bathsheba thing, but other than that, he did pretty well. He defeated the Israelites' enemies. He united all 12 tribes of Israel. God even called King David a man after his own heart. And it was promised multiple times in the Old Testament that the Messiah would come from King David's line. Today's first reading is one of those times. Isaiah says the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon this shoot of Jesse, this Messiah. We, hear, we then hear a rough translation of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that you should have studied for your, back, for your confirmation. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of God. This shoot of Jesse would, will bring about justice for the poor, and the wicked will be dealt with. There will be peace among the animals, and there will be a child to guide them. This child is foreshadowed in Jesus Christ, or this child is foreshadowed as Jesus Christ came to be. The prophet Isaiah foresaw the day when God would raise up a messianic king, long after David's throne had been overthrown and vacant for centuries. God promised that he would raise up a new king from the stump of Jesse, the father of King David. The Messianic king would rule forever because the Spirit of God would rest upon him and remain with him. The animals are a metaphor for the different nations of the world. We do believe that at the end of time, peace will reign on earth, that Jesus' second coming will lead to a great peace. Jesus has and will continue to be a signal to the nations, a beacon of hope that is sought out by people of all nations. In our second reading, in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, St. Paul reiterates that the gospel, the hope of Jesus Christ, is meant for all nations, starting with Israel. St. Paul says that previously the scriptures were written down to give the people of Israel, through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, that they may have hope. This hope is a better this hope for a better day is found in Jesus Christ. The promise of a better day is advanced every time we are in harmony with others around the truth of Jesus Christ. We hear John the Baptist echo this message in the gospel. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. John was about six months older than Jesus. John is sent by the Holy Spirit out into the desert. His message was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
St. Matthew, the author of today's gospel, says that Isaiah was prophesying about John the Baptist when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. St. Matthew says that John the Baptist wore clothes made of camel's hair, which, if you're wondering, is not comfortable, a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. This dude was hardcore. John John the Baptist had some mad survival skills. People like John the Baptist, Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, people who stand out from the average person attracts others to themselves. And people did. The people came in droves to tell John the Baptist their sins and then be baptized in the Jordan River. Matthew says, Jerusalem, all of Judea, the whole region around the Jordan River were coming out to him. We all know instinctively that something is not right with our lives, with our souls. We can either decide that it is okay to live in sin because everyone else does and it doesn't seem to be getting better, so I might as well have some fun along the way. Or as we should do, we can decide that this sin, this weight in my life, needs to be fought against, eradicated if possible. Even though it seems like an impossible task, I need to fight to change. I need to fight to become a better person. Without this hope that I can be better, a better person today than I was yesterday, life can become a drag. Life can become meaningless. This is the hope that St. John the Baptist offered in the water of the Jordan River. The idea that today I can be a better person than I was yesterday. After chewing out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, John the Baptist says something interesting. He says that there is one who is coming after him that is mightier than he is. St. John says he is not worthy to carry his sandals. St. John says he baptized with water, but that this person who is mightier than he it will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This life, this life in a fallen world can be hard. We tend to hurt those around us, even family members. Life can feel like a desert. We can feel all alone with no one, no thing to help us. But St. John stands in the midst of your desert to tell you that there is hope. Hope not just for the forgiveness of the wrong we have done in the past, but a hope that we can, be, that we can live in the Holy Spirit and fire. This isn't just a nice idea. This is reality. We have been baptized, forgiven of our original sin. I suppose if you were baptized as an adult, all the sins that you had committed up until the time of your baptism were also forgiven. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. This is no small thing. And we renew this every time we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. We tell the priests our sins just as the people of the region acknowledge their sins to John the Baptist. And then we walk out hearing and thus knowing that our sins have been forgiven. For the priest says, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The sacrament of reconciliation reignites the saving grace of the Holy Spirit in our souls, especially after we have committed a mortal sin. The sacrament of reconciliation reignites the fire we first received in baptism. On Ash Wednesday we say, Repent and believe in the gospel. John 10.10 says 
that Jesus Christ came to give us life to the full. We are called to live life abundantly, not just to survive, but to thrive, not in the ways of the world, but in the ways of holiness. What parts of your life are still in the desert? What parts of your life do you need to surrender to Christ so that he can make patches of green grass in the midst of the desert? As we continue this Advent season, repent of your sins, surrender your sins and your whole life to Christ, get to the sacrament of reconciliation, and begin to live the life you were created to live, a life with the fire of the Holy Spirit.